Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fulton. The Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Vault, Vault Volume, Volume 1. 1. Bill Dundee, Supermix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Wrestling like scary movies? What about science fiction and cult films? Then please visit Shocking Things. You can search for us on your favorite podcatcher. You can also go to anchor.fm slash shocking things for the main hub for the links to episodes and our social media. Now try and enjoy the daylight. Shocking Things. BST presents Mega Clash, August 20th, from the Rapola Center in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Watch newly crowned Monarch champion Evie De La Rosa defend her title against Vina Von Starr. A rivalry reignited in the main event, Lucas Chase challenges Dustin Waller in a ladder match for the BST Championship. It all comes to a head one final time. What's going on, everybody? This is Rick, and you are listening to the PWZ Podcast, and I have a very special guest and good friend of mine, Sam Housen. Sam, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing very nice, very gimmick infringement. You feel me? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I've been wanting to have you on for a very, very long time. I'm glad to finally doing, uh, to be doing this, uh, so we work together. That's what I'm going to explain to the people. We work together, and 90% of our day is talking about wrestling and, well, making fun of everybody else that work that we work with pretty much. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. It's a 90-10 split. <laughs> <laughs> so, in a, not in a mean way, in a fun way, folks. Don't yeah. get your panties in like a bunch. an older brother kind of way. Exactly. Exactly. We're Sam. Two of the oldest people that work there, so. Uh, that is actually true i think everybody else is way younger and um rather annoying at times but <laughs> tell me about uh now of course i try to get any guest or any friend or anybody that it's their first time mm-hmm. on this uh, program I try to get a little history on their uh professional wrestling likings and and such and how they discovered it and how what got you into it and all that kind of stuff so um how did you get into professional wrestling and did you actually like i know some people it doesn't stick the first time i know it didn't stick with me the very first time i uh watched it wasn't for like another couple years until i became obsessed with but what was that uh defining moment for you or when did you discover it oh god okay so way back when and i was in like i think fifth grade and all the like the other boys in the class and everything were always talking about this guy batista and I'd go home from school and I'd ask my dad and I'd be like, hey, do you know who Batista is? And he's like, no, but like, let's find out who that is. So we Googled it and come to find out he's a wrestler. And I was like, well, what's wrestling? And then that opened the door for my dad to explain to me how he grew up watching it with my grandpa. And um, then I got into watching it and pretty much like after maybe a week of watching it, just it clicked. 
Like I watched Raw, and at that time, Raw on Monday, ECW was on Tuesday nights, but it was on at like 10 o'clock on Sci-Fi Channel. And my parents wouldn't let me stay up that late. So my dad would record it on a VHS for me. And then I would watch it when I got home from school the next day. Thursday nights, I would watch Impact Wrestling because I didn't know it was a different company from the WWE. I was just like, oh, they've got three shows. And then Friday would roll around and SmackDown was my favorite when I was growing up because it had The Undertaker. Like he was just a SmackDown roster guy. So I would always tune in for SmackDown. Um, And then maybe after like a month or two of watching it regularly, my parents got me tickets to see SmackDown and ECW at Mohegan Sun. And the main event for ECW that night was a title match between CM Punk, John Morrison, and Big Daddy V. And being there live and hearing the pop when Punk came out, it was just, I knew I was in it for the long haul. So, You still watch wrestling today? That's amazing. I do. I stuck with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Go ahead. Oh, I, granted, I started as a WWE guy, but now I've kind of broadened my my spectrum. It's not so much WWE anymore. It's pretty much everything else. Uh, I think everybody, especially in since the 80s, has pretty much, I, I can't say everybody, but there's a good portion, probably 99.9%, start off watching WWE. Uh, you know, as they're wrestling, because it is the largest organization in the world. Uh, yeah. There's times where I don't particularly care for it, and then there's times I really do care for it. Uh, uh, I guess they're kind of on an upswing now, I guess, because the uh, interest has peaked since uh, Vince McMahon's retirement. Right. Like, I think now that Vince is gone, a lot of his stuff, it's just the same thing over and over again. And literally, like, every pay-per-view is like, rematch after rematch after rematch but it's even the same storylines and guys in those storylines that he's been using for years and i think now that like triple h stephanie and then i forget the other guy's name um are in charge yeah Con. okay yeah Yeah, now that the three of them are pretty much running the show i i think i'll be tuning in a little more than i was because uh, the past couple years my favorite thing in wrestling was the black and gold nxt which was Triple H's baby boy. And now that he's running the show, I have a feeling we could get back to that level of consistently good and entertaining WWE programming. I think that's very possible. I mean, obviously, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, However, I did quite enjoy uh, the last weeks of programming, not on a level where I thought it was just intensely good, like the black and gold NXT kind of like they felt different they were a little bit better SummerSlam I thought was a really 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 good show uh, oh my god SummerSlam was awesome yeah I, I really enjoyed it um, Raw was Raw you know it wasn't fantastic but it was not uh, the complete disaster that it was each and every week uh, yeah there's way more wrestling on the show um, it was kind of a fun show to watch it wasn't like I said I wasn't um, fully impressed but I did kind of enjoy it it was a little bit better than it usually has been. I was very excited to see um, Champa get the United States title match. 
Champa's great. And, you know, obviously he's from the Northeast as well, uh, such as ourselves. And so he used to work around here a lot. And it was always such a pleasure to see him on TV. I love uh, I love that guy. I think he's great. He's so talented. Like his, any of his runs as NXT champion, just 10 out of 10. Chef's kiss. Like, oh, it's so good. Um, granted, I don't think he's going to be the one to beat Lashley. Or if he does, I don't think it's going to be on next week's Raw. But I would like eventually for him to win a main roster title. I think he came up at the perfect time because it's right when Triple H is taking over and he's hands down a triple h guy like oh yeah i mean the way he was handled in uh nxt he was all over the uh you know the headliner for forever basically oh yeah the black heart oh, yes he's, he's such a badass when he was in nxt oh my god and the feud with johnny gargano was uh amazing and then ben, you know I Go ahead. I think that's like my top five. That's definitely in my top five wrestling feuds of all time is Gargano yeah. and Ciampa after DIY split up. Yeah. And uh, I remember they had that match where, you know, they were tearing the ring apart, uh, you know, taking the canvas off the ring and using all that. Uh, you know which match I'm referring to. I'm trying to think of the yeah. name, whatever they called it. I, 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 and Johnny Gargano is another one. He could, uh, I don't think he really can do no wrong as far as. Uh, putting on an action-packed match. Oh, yeah, he's a talented guy. The only time I was ever kind of sour on Johnny Gargano was right when he was about to leave NXT, and he was like that sitcom dad character for Austin Theory when they were that, in that group together. Yeah, that was uh, basically when uh, Trips was after pretty much uh, after his heart attack, I believe, correct? Um, yeah. And then they, uh, Bruce and Vince swooped in and were like, we're changing this and started to make comedic uh, bullshit out of uh, all that stuff. And you knew the uh, black and gold was being pushed aside, like all the really talented wrestlers like Dexter Loomis and, and, and all those yeah. guys were just being made a joke, you know. And Gargano was one of them, but like you said, being that uh, uh, sitcom dad, so to speak. Yeah, like... I, I know half of the stuff that happens on wrestling isn't necessarily real, but don't don't treat me like I'm an idiot while I'm watching it. Like I know he's not Austin Theory's dad. Like, come on. Yeah, no, I fully fully get you. Like, there's just so many. You don't want to insult your fans, basically. Exactly. And Vince was one that would always have that type of setting. He would insult his fans, the people that are there. Spending the money, uh, yeah. supporting you, and then some of these fans they don't know any better. You get what I'm saying? Those yeah. are the kids or the people that are buying the merchandise and and tuning in every single Monday and Friday because they don't know any better. They're just, and that's not an insult. It's just because who was watching Raw for so many years? It was just people that were used to tuning in for 25 years or so. It's because yeah. That was a part of their life, just like you tune into, you know, a Yankees game or a Red Sox game or what have you. It's like your comfort thing. Like, exactly. Watched it and enjoyed it for so long. Like, even if it's not necessarily the best programming that you're they're putting out, you're going to tune in because it's what you're used to and it's what you like. And you're kind of hoping that maybe it's changed or they'll have like one or two good matches or something or a funny segment. But when the whole thing is just 
funny segments, it's not really enjoyable as like a, a wrestling fan. Call them funny segments. There's been plenty where there was just unfunny segments over and over and over. It's just that's uh, fair. <laughs> um, it'd just be ridiculous backstage segments uh, uh, on top of interviews, and then you'd go out, you'd have a three minute match, and then you'd be back to the backstage interviews and the bullshit. Yeah. When so. the backstage shenanigans take more time and precedence over the in ring work, that's when I start to get annoyed. I could tell you want to sell a pay-per-view and lure people into watching, say, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, any of those events, the pay-per-views, or premium live events, however, you know, um, or, yeah, or, yeah, I'm not particularly fond of the term either, or, um, you know, trying to sell tickets to to get people into the arena, which obviously house shows have calmed down, but they are back in existence again, but they're not as, um, what do you say? Not as uh, prominent as they once were. I don't think they're as yeah. common as they once were. They're still doing them, but not as often. So, you know, the, your goal is to talk people into the arena by posting or by having all those segments, but it, and trying to get them. But the other thing about that is it's, it's a three hour program. You have to fill that up with something. Exactly. I don't. And, oh no, go ahead. I'm just saying. I when I first started watching Monday Night Raw, and then I'll let, let you take over in a second. Raw was one hour. It didn't become mm-hmm. two hours first, and then you know a few years later when it was going up against um, WCW, when WCW was doing two hours, it became Monday Night Raw for the first hour, then Raw is War for the second hour. So it was a two hour program, you know. But now it's three. The two hour program you can sit and watch and enjoy. But now it's three hours. It's that they need an extra hour to fill time, so they're just doing more backstage segments instead of long. And it's still the same amount of matches that it was, say, on the one hour or two hour. Just making them a little bit longer, maybe a little bit less action packed. They're not allowed to do necessarily insanely crazy things because they want them to save that for the pay per views. They don't want them to work the full to their full potential. Each and every week on TV, they save that for the pay-per-views. So, because they don't want to be getting hurt on TV. Let that happen at the pay-per-view if that happens. But That's true. Most injuries do tend to happen at a pay-per-view. And I'm, I'm not calling them premium live events. You know, I cool. can't. I can't. I cannot. So, it's like they just – do you get what I'm saying here? It's just – it's yeah. aggravating to sit through a three-hour program. Now, if it was something that was a completely 100% wrestling-based event each and every week treated like a sporting event now it's growing up it was more about the wrestling than the bullshit even though there was segments and incidences that would talk you into buying say SummerSlam and wrestlemania spending that but when i was a kid it was 1999 for a pay-per-view for most shows <laughs> and then wow. eventually wrestlemania became five dollars more than the rest of them so it was one of those things where they tried to walk in, but it was more about the matches. You'd, you'd sit there and watch the action. You know what I mean? I forgot where I was going with that portion, uh, but you, they don't – excuse me. Okay, now they don't treat it necessarily like it's a sports-based organization. They treat it like it's a full show. And I enjoy the, the treating it like a sports-based uh, um, presentation. That's the kind of wrestling that I like. Like if it was – Say New Japan or Ring of Honor, 
you can sit there and watch those for three hours because it's just going to be a good competitive match one after the other. Even SummerSlam. I know there was a little gimmicky stuff here and there in SummerSlam. I get that. It's what the WWE Universe is all about. But yeah. it was match after match after match. There was no really in-between bullshit. There's very well, little interviews in between matches. Yeah, you were saying that to me the other day at work. I think the only backstage segment they showed in the entirety of SummerSlam was that ad for those little water bottles that had mm. the maximum male models in it. And that was the only like backstage kind of wasn't uh, it was like the only backstage kind of comedy thing they did, but they always do that at like SummerSlam. They always have some tie-in commercial. It's usually the oh you're not you when you're hungry snickers thing or something like that right they it was it was such a nice change of pace like i actually like put my phone down and watched SummerSlam. like if i have wwe on in the background i'm looking at tiktok or i'm checking facebook i'm reading my emails or something but i think SummerSlam was the first time in a while i actually put my phone down and watched a wwe like programming and it was it was good. I think you made a really good point right there. Normally, I'm sitting on, say, Twitter or TikTok. Uh, I usually live tweet if I'm watching the uh, pay-per-view, if uh, people mm-hmm. do watch, pay attention. So I usually give my results. Or, or if I think that something's horrific, I sit there and do a however many character rant I can <laughs> on Twitter. Before it comes to tweets. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this um, event, I actually was paying attention to the majority of the event. You know what I mean? I yeah. came from an indie event on um, Saturday night. Coliseum Pro Wrestling, by the way, it's up on my YouTube channel. Go check it out. Anyways, it's a nice plug right there. So <laughs> I came home and I caught the last two matches, um, which was ronda rousey and Liv morgan and then the main event of brock and roman and i actually just came down my wife was already in the living room she said "Eh, i'm not watching tv you can have it if you want so and i paid attention for that last like what hour and some change for those two matches i was like wow i just had my phone sitting next to me i didn't touch it this is amazing this is a really fun show now Liv and ronda wasn't like you know not like uh thez and whoever or 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 you know uh you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it was it was no uh, Lawler Kaufman. I got you. Exactly. It was a it was a good <laughs> enough match to sit there and pay attention to, though. I will give you that. Yeah. And it was, Ro- it was entertaining, but honestly, I think Ronda and Liv was my least favorite match of the night. It wasn't bad. I, I think I think it was as good as it could have been. Right. I think when we reviewed it, we said the same exact thing. Like out of all the matches, it was not a terrible match by any stretch, but it definitely was the least favorite of the of the bunch. So and it was still pretty good. Um but yeah, if, um let's see. So I, I paid attention. So the next day I woke up and I, you know, I went down to the den and I put it on because I knew that uh, me and Marcel were gonna jump on and do a review in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and paid attention to it. I paid full attention to this show without having to sit there and moan and groan, sit there and tweet, play on Facebook or TikTok or any of that bullshit. And I really, really enjoyed SummerSlam this year. Like probably the first SummerSlam in, oh, God, 10, 15 years maybe. 
that I really mm-hmm. sat there and paid attention to that I actually really, really dug. I think the only time I genuinely was looking at my phone was kind of towards the end of Bianca and Becky, which was the opening match. It's not that those two women aren't talented wrestlers. It's just I'm so tired of seeing the two of them fight each other. Um, I What caught my attention was when, one, Bailey returned, and then, two, she had Io Shirai and Dakota Kai with her, one of them not even being a contracted WWE superstar. And right. from that point on, I was glued to the TV. I did not pick up my phone again once. I think I maybe sent you a text message like, oh, my God, Brock's on a tractor. But that was about it. <laughs> right. But that just – I was like, oh, shit, Dakota Kai's back. That's awesome. And I, uh, just from that point on. I have this thing I swear that all right, I'm staying off social media if I don't happen to be home to catch the pay-per-view. Like, all right. So I didn't really catch anything on um, social media. I just wasn't thinking. Of course, I came across the Bailey thing. I said, ah, shit, I got to close this. So I closed all any all socials and did not pick up my, you know, pay attention to social media until the morning <laughs> when I was watching it. Yeah. So I, I wanted a nice fresh fresh watch i wanted a nice uh, fresh paying attention to i like to be surprised when watching professional wrestling i've mentioned it on this program many many times the part of professional wrestling i love the most is when you're surprised when you're taken out of the situation when you're sitting there just as a pin you didn't expect or a submission that you didn't expect if uh there's a return surprise there's just something that's very surprising. It takes you out of the element. It takes you, makes you excited. And that's what I like about professional wrestling is the element of surprise. I don't want to know everything. So I, I usually stay off the dirt sheets or uh, try to stay off social media if I'm not paying attention to the uh, program live. Because that could take you, take you down, take you out, and, and not let you uh, fully enjoy the program. Yeah, I, I like I agree with everything you just said. Like sometimes spoilers are fun. It's but it it kind of defeats the purpose of watching it if you know what's going to happen. But like the I completely agree with surprises are the best parts of professional wrestling. Like that's why I love like the Royal Rumble or anything that has a countdown until someone enters again because 9 times out of 10 it's a legend you haven't seen in a while it's a celebrity who just wants to give it a shot it's a big return it's something like that and that's 100 percent of the fun of professional wrestling one of the things i like about uh, now that you brought up the royal rumble is the surprises that take part as far as the participants it's usually like you said the returning legends and most of the time it's returning legends obviously this past Royal Rumble. I don't think we had any uh, returning legends. I don't think uh, they we had can... one surprise entrant. Well, that's the uh, Bad Bunny, if that's if I'm correct, right? Yeah. Well, technically two. The other was Shane McMahon, but yeah, Bad it was Bunny not... and Shane McMahon. Yeah, I was not particularly pleased with either of those two. Now that was still an empty arena, was it not? Or am I mistaken? Was no, that... we had a crowd. That was the first show was the first bad show with... with crowds. Okay, I may, I might be referring thinking about the. Uh, the previous years but 
One of the things that I enjoyed the most, I just remember sitting here, and my wife is not a professional wrestling fan by any stretch of the mean. Like, she will sit there sometimes and it'll be on the background, but she's always playing a game on her phone. Very few times does she ever pay attention. I can tell you who her favorite wrestler from when she was a kid is. That's Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> but okay. she, she, <laughs> she does not know anything. But if Double J comes on TV, she'll sit there and pay attention. She, she's like, oh, Double J, and then she'll do the, you know, J-E, double F, that thing. Yeah. I sat there, like, the Royal Rumble was a two, two years ago, three years ago, when uh, Edge returned. So it has to be three now, right? Maybe. Yeah, he returned. Right, right he as the returned. pandemic was starting. Yeah, right as the pandemic was starting, because the Royal Rumble was, like, the last show where they had live crowds. And then yeah. on the reverse, it was the first show where they had crowds back. Yeah. So I remember as soon as his music hit with the I You Think You Know Me, and I was like, holy shit, and the crowd erupted. She was like, who the fuck is this guy? She had no <laughs> idea. She's like, why are you? And I wasn't even the biggest fan. It was I was so surprised that it happened because you didn't realize like he had such a horrible injury that made him retire. Oh, yeah. I was there for his retirement speech. Really? Like he retired from um, Mohegan Sun Arena. Okay, I think yeah, I remember I'm sitting that. front row for that. Wow, oh, that's, that's but uh, yeah, I just remember I popped huge, like jumped off my couch because I never thought I'd actually in saw would see the day that I'd see him in another ring, like as an active competitor. Are you saying on this day you can see clearly now? <laughs> <laughs> we can say that. Yes. Oh my God. And even so, yeah. his return at SummerSlam this year, like, yeah. that was badass with the, oh, Flame man, he looks like PC Principal from South Park, but uh, it was so, it was so badass. Oh, my God. Yeah. I had, uh, I like I said, SummerSlam, I don't really have anything bad to say about, with the exception of that male models uh, thing. Um, but the funny thing about that is, like, the, the, the people that they're using in there. You got Eli Drake, who's a mm -hmm. tremendous performer, tremendous. The guy could talk, 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 talk anybody into the building, and he's a great professional wrestler on top of it. You got Mansoor, who's a – that guy's a great professional wrestler. Would he ever oh do God, anything? he's amazing. It, would he ever do anything if it wasn't for this gimmick? Like, if he was just Mansoor, I don't think a lot of people would be that interested in him. Because literally all they used him before for before this Maximum Male Models thing – they just bring them out for the Saudi Arabia shows because yep. um, the first one they did ever, I think it was either the greatest Royal Rumble or like Super Showdown or something. something they like had that, yeah. um, Triple H in the ring with talent they had scouted from Saudi Arabia, and Mansoor was one of them. And he's also the only one they didn't release. So they always bring them out for these Saudi Arabia shows. And that's about yep. it. And then who's the other guy in the male models? I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank here. Oh, it's um I it's his name's Dio Madden, but he was Mace yes. in Retribution. Correct. He used to be the ring the commentator. Yep, now I remember. I was, I was just drawing a blank. Yeah, I remember he was the commentator. He got uh he got power bombed through a table by uh what's his face? Oh um, no, he got um F five by Brock Lesnar because Brock put hands on Jerry the King Lawler. And he yes. in. Okay. So I'm mixing up my stories here. So I apologize for everybody that uh, is listening. 
So tell me about uh, Lawler fans out there. Yeah, and that's me. I'm a Lawler fan. Uh, uh, that's one thing that I really enjoyed is when I got to see him. Uh, when, you and I uh, got together to see uh, Ric Flair's last match. I really oh, enjoyed yeah. seeing uh, Jerry Jarrett, which is Jeff Jarrett's father. I kind of popped for that. I think you saw that. and uh, You did. I yeah. didn't even know who that was, and you were like <laughs> freaking out. I didn't know uh, Jeff's father was involved in wrestling. So. Oh, yeah. See, you're, that's what makes you a difference here. Like you're several years uh, younger. So Jeff Jarrett's father, Jerry Jarrett, was a promoter in the Memphis, Tennessee area for decades. And I okay. believe that it was his uh, Jeff's grandmother as well. And now if I, I, I might get my story a little bit mixed up here. For, so I'm sorry if I do. That um, basically... Jeff's grandmother was the promoter initially, and Jerry was the one that uh, ended up taking over. So it was like a family business going down, 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 basically. And uh, okay. Jerry and uh, Jerry and Jerry Lawler and uh, Jared worked together. They basically owned the territory together for a couple decades. They would each uh, want they would take it uh, as far as uh, booking year by year. Like one year Jared would book, and then the following year uh, Lawler would book, and then they'd. You know, go back to Jared for the next year. So that's how that worked. So, and uh, I also flipped out when I got to see uh, Bob Cottle, legendary NWA commentator and announcer. That was, uh, I had no idea he was still alive. Um, and he celebrated his 94th birthday yesterday. So, oh, wow. Saying that Is that he the is... guy who opened the show with a little message? Um, I know that he sent in a video message, uh, basically in tribute to Flair. Okay. He was very wow, old. 94. So, yeah. It's amazing when, uh, you know, people can get up that Speaking age. Speaking of birthdays, do you know who would have been 87 today? Who's that? Haystacks Calhoun. He wouldn't. Let's just be serious. He would have never made it. I mean, okay. I think he died when he was like 55, but. Was he that old? Holy shit. Yeah, 55. Wow. Wow. I'm surprised that he made it that age. Um, considering his health conditions that he had. So, yeah, that guy was gigantic. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about some other wrestling. We spent a lot of time uh, talking about WWE. Oh yeah, we do the we do talk other stuff in here. It's obvious that we talk lots of other stuff. But uh, tell me about some other uh, professional wrestling. That uh, how did you? Uh, what was the first company outside of WWE that you discovered? I think you mentioned Impact earlier. Yeah, it was Impact. Say? Um, when did you start to uh, differ differentiate uh, the two? Um, I think, like I said, I had just flipped. It was on Spike TV, I think, yeah. when that used to be a channel when I was a kid. Yeah. And I had just clicked onto it because we had like that little TV guy thing. And it said, Impact Wrestling. And I was like, oh, wrestling. That's And in my juvenile mind, wrestling meant WWE because it's all I knew uh -huh. of wrestling. So I flick it on. And then it, it, what drew me to it instantly was they had the six-sided ring. And I was like, this is cool. This is different. I like this. As far as I know, it's just WWE, but with a different shaped ring. Maybe that's how they mix it up, you know? Um, and then eventually I had, like, Googled it. I had looked through. I found their website. And I was like, oh, it's it's a different company. Maybe there's more to wrestling than just what Vince McMahon is putting on my TV. But like, I, I got into impact wrestling, like right when it was at, it's like cheesiest gimmickiest kind of era. So like, was it TNA at the time or was it impact? 
uh, it was TNA. It okay. Was TNA. All right. Um, yeah, and like right when I had gotten into it, I was immediately like enamored with this idea of a six-sided wrestling ring. I was like, okay, that's sick. And then one of the first shows I watched had um, an Ultimate X match in it, and I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, I don't. I like matches where it's just two big guys beating the tar out of each other, like a hoss fight. But I have so much more respect and enjoyment for like the high flyers, X division, cruiserweight, luchadors, those kinds of guys, because they're in there doing things that not everybody can do. Like anybody can throw a haymaker or hit a clothesline really, but like, a 450 splash off a top rope or a moonsault off of the elevation X chamber or something like that. Like that was what I was into. I think when I first started watching impact, my favorite wrestler was um, amazing red from the X division. And that, that guy was so cool. Like all the flips and like top rope moves he would hit. I was, I was popping off. I was marking out all that stuff. And from there that's what got me into guys like christopher daniels and i guess technically i would be a curry man fan but like it was just something different than wwe was putting on it had cool characters like it was just cool and most of the guys they had at the time were ex wwe guys but i had no clue because i had i had never seen them prior to seeing them in impact so for all i knew rhino was just an impact guy Christian Cage was an impact guy. Sting was an impact guy. Like these people were never in WWE or anywhere else before I had like started getting more into it and looking at like old pay-per-views and WCW and that kind of stuff. But I remember my first experience with um uh TNA. I was um I think it just you know, me and my ex-wife had gotten our first apartment and we had just gotten the cable installed and she worked overnights. So <clears throat> I remember going through the, uh, you know, the Comcast guide or whatever the hell it was. And I saw NWA TNA. I'm like, what is this? And I clicked on it. And I was like, oh my God, it's an NWA pay-per-view. Cause I know you, you heard me talk countless times about the NWA and that ends up kind of having a uh, story in our friendship as well. Um, we'll get into yeah. that though. So, <laughs> but I was like, oh my God, an NWA pay-per-view. What is this? I said, you know, cause a lot of times since, uh, say 91, 92, when, um, WCW was part of the NWA at one point and they left and, you know, WWE or excuse me, the NWA had never really had that fully national television. You know, I used to get tapes from, you know, okay, the, there's a New Jersey event, there's a Texas event, there's a California event, et cetera, et cetera. All these territories I used to buy from like say highspots.com or um, you know, or uh, well, I shouldn't say .com because you know, this, some of it was before some of these online stores, but maybe RF video as well. Mm-hmm. So I saw this as NWTNA and it just so happened to be like the third week that they were doing this. And don't get me wrong. I'm not going to remember what happened exactly in the third, uh, pay-per-view because but uh they were doing the weekly pay-per-views at 9.99 piece and i was like that's wow. a great fucking deal that is a great deal for two hours of professional wrestling so 
I sat there and I ordered it. I popped the VHS tape in and I hit record. I thought that this NWA was amazing. It was so much great stuff on, on it. Uh, obviously, a lot of it reminded me of, uh, say, WCW. There's a lot of guys that had uh, lost their jobs, say, in WCW. Maybe they didn't get picked up by WWE at the time. I was in amazement, to be honest with you, because I was just like, I'm, I'm sitting here watching the NWA, and I've always loved the NWA. Everything, any NWA territory I could find in the NWA, uh, some of it might not have been the best, but some of it was just, I still watched it anyways. Yeah. Then, and then uh, we ended up getting into uh, uh, another apartment about a year or so later. Uh, we ended up renting an apartment above my parents' house. It was uh, one station. We didn't have cable in one of the bedrooms, so I had an antenna still. This is when you could still do that. Saturday nights, I had NWA Wildside. And then they had TNA Explosion, which was considered, you know, it was still NWA TNA Explosion. And then I was like, I was watching, and then NWA Southwest, Southwest, excuse me, which was a Texas promotion. I was like, I'm watching three hours of the NWA week. I was so excited. So <laughs> excited. And amongst this one channel that was based out of West Haven, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Channel 28, and they had a, you know, they would syndicate a lot of weird TV shows, a lot of weird wrestling shows. And I was just like, this is amazing. I got like four hours of non-WWE TV a week. Three of those were NWA-related groups. I was in my glory, <laughs> to tell you the truth, watching this stuff. This is the greatest four hours of my week. Yeah, yeah, man. It was fun. It was so much fun. So it's like I loved – and one of the things is I always loved discovering wrestling outside of, say, the mainstream and everything that was outside of, like uh, – or on cable TV, like the WWE. Mm -hmm. I guess they – you know, you can consider them independents. I know there's a lot of crappy independents out there, but I used to just love uh, – you know, sometimes I would just get tapes by based on who's on them. And sometimes it's just, you oh, know – yeah. You know, great Southern – organizations or some weird organization out of philadelphia it's a, depending on who's in it you know i used yeah. to growing up doing that i just en enjoyed uh discovering new professional wrestling and i still do that today yeah that's kind of what i've been doing a lot lately like when <laughs> AEW opened its doors it gave me um because a lot of the guys who came to AEW when it first started were coming from different independent circuits and stuff like that so it gave me in in to start looking up things like game changer wrestling and watching more of billy corgan's nwa and checking out like rev pro in the uk or black label pro all those kinds of places so i'm like oh this joey janela guy's kind of cool let me see where it, what he's about and that's how i found game changer and like they've just been blowing up recently oh my god yeah that's uh i remember discovering janela um Apparently, I had a friend that already knew who he was, but, you know, I had been out of wrestling for a couple of years, probably about a good three or four years, and it wasn't until I met my second wife that uh, her son, my stepson, was into WWE. It, it was only out of it, uh, you know, probably three years, maybe, <clears throat> and a lot had changed in that time. Mm -hmm. So, I hadn't been to a live show, so I was like, ah. Let me take him to a show. I bought uh, three tickets for me, him, and her. We went to see a WWE house show. And then, you know, I started um, 
And my friend's like, yeah, you should really start watching Impact again. I was like, nah, I can't do that. And I was like, nah, I can't. I, I hated Impact at the time. Or I hated Impact because of something that they did. And it just like disappointed me so much that I never, I, I refused to uh, turn it back on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, one of the things is that I finally decided to watch it. Slammiversary 2018. I was like, that's a really good show. It's a very that good show. A good one. Yeah. So then my buddy is like, oh, you know, they're coming back. Uh, going to be in Queens for uh, Bound for Glory. Do you want to go? I'm like, why not? That literally changed my life in a way. I went to that show, and to this day, it stands as one of the greatest wrestling shows I've ever attended live. I was blown away by that show. Literally, I thought it was a phenomenal, phenomenal show. That's with the exception of John Morrison defeating Austin Aries, of course. Was that the show where Aries like no sold the finish and everything? Yeah, he just popped straight up, gave Ed Nedhorn the middle finger, and walked right out of the building. Oh, God, I um, hate Austin Aries. Holy shit. <laughs> as much of a fan of him I am, uh, he uh, he can be a dick, you know. So. He's known. He's known that way. But I've also known uh, a former guy that used to be part of this podcast, JJ, uh, did an interview with him uh, a while back, a number of years ago, and said that he was one of the nicest dudes he's ever met. So maybe it depends on the situation. Hey, <laughs> so. You didn't have to take a starship pain from JJ, I assume. So, <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things is that you and I met. Uh, basically, now we're coworkers, and it was uh, yep. so. I used to go into the store. Uh, we're both, for people listening, we both work in a grocery store, and I'd always have some sort of an NWA shirt on, whether it be, you know, NWA Power or what's the other one that I used to wear? A Terry Funk shirt. And Sam always used to be like, hey, you like wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> this is a pretty good impression. <laughs> so we hey, used to talk about wrestling. NWA. I've, I've heard of that. Yeah. So we always used to talk about wrestling. And then what? Probably six, seven months later, uh, we end up co workers. Next thing you know, yeah, well, you had given me your business card and you're like, hey, reach out. And I was too like, like shy and nervous to like type a text message or shoot you an email or something. I was like, eh, I'll bump into him again. We'll talk face to face. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> yeah, here we are. This it's got it's got to be over well over a year, probably almost two uh, since I think that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, a year and a half. Yeah, at least at least. So. Um, I enjoyed, you know, um, always talking professional wrestling because it's like there's not a lot of people that uh, always talk, get, you know, always stop you and talk about professional wrestling. It must be a, a supermarket thing. That's all I got to say. Every time I go yeah. to the stop and shop in uh, Cheshire, the guy that does the carts always stops me. So I, I stopped wearing particular shirts to that store. <laughs> that happens to me in the Wallingford Walmart a lot. I, I can imagine it's Wallingford. So, uh, yeah, yeah, no. So like, that I'm usually looking at wrestling figures when I'm stopped, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's um, it's always fun because wrestling is just like a really great like community. So it's always fun to meet new people that are into professional wrestling. I've made several friends that I have seen at shows on a basically weekly to monthly basis. You know what I mean? So professional wrestling is for everybody. It's fun. Yeah, it, there's something. Yeah, like you said, there's something for everybody. Uh, it's a variety show. 
That's what I've always uh, referred to it as. There's just, you know, you can have your death match. You can have your uh, straight technical match. You can have your high-flying match. You know, there's, yeah. like you said, something for everybody. It's out there to please and, and, and bring in people and, and bring people together. Yeah, like, that's how it is. Like, when I used to live at my parents' house, my dad would be really into, like, the John Cena versus Batista match because it's just two big dudes beating each other up. Whereas I'd be freaking out over like Jeff Hardy versus Rey Mysterio or something like that. Like we both enjoyed both matches, but just you have your preferences when it comes to wrestlers and different match things, you know? Yeah. Um, Outside of that, you know, you talked a little bit about, um, we talked mostly about WWE and then we talked a little bit about uh, what, uh, how we discovered other wrestling such as impact. Yeah. Uh, what other organizations have you been uh, like impressed with and that you uh, like a whole hell of a lot? Oh, I'm, I'm really into AEW like, because in my mind, not that there's not other wrestling aside from WWE, AEW kind of felt like the first big competitor to WWE in a long time. And it, it's like, it was just so cool. Like Tony Khan kind of feels like he listens to the fans and brings in people they want to see and he'll give you the match you want to see. Um, and then I was really into ring at ring of honor for the longest time during the pandemic. Cause I had nowhere to go. So I bought a subscription to the honor club and they would put up weekly shows on there and I'd watch like the archive pay-per-views and stuff like that. Um, so I guess AEW, Ring of Honor, um, Game Changer Wrestling, I'm really into. I like them a lot because it's like, it's cool indie guys that I wouldn't get to see um, otherwise, really. And then they bring in like a legend you haven't seen in a while or someone from AEW or Impact because their management lets them work with outside companies or something like that. Like when they did that Hammerstein ballroom show and one of the marquee matches was Effie versus Jeff Jarrett. That's a sentence I never thought I'd say out loud. I enjoyed that. I was glad because I've always been a huge Jeff Jarrett fan and I'm not the world's biggest Effie fan. I'm not going to get into why, but uh, well, he's not a very, I thought he was a dick the time that I tried to meet him. Okay. So I did mm -hmm. get it. But uh, I really do love Jeff Jarrett. And I thought that that was a pretty damn good match on top of it. Yeah. And like, it, I think GCW did this show. Um, I don't remember the name of it or where it was from, but all they did was announce what wrestlers would be appearing. They didn't announce a single match. It just said like, um, Kevin Blackwood will be wrestling. Alex Shelley is going to be here. Two Cold Scorpio is going to be here. Ricky Morton, um, Ali Ketch, Effie. And it was like just maybe 30 wrestlers they said were going to appear at this show. And every single match was a surprise match. Um, I think it was like Kevin Blackwood versus Alex Shelley. And that match, five stars. It was just a good, fast-paced, like almost like a Lucha Libre kind of thing they were doing. That match was so good. And then the main event ended up being Ali Ketch and Effie versus Ricky Morton and Two Cold Scorpio in a tag team match. I, I don't think I had Ricky Morton and Two Cold Scorpio tag teaming on my pro wrestling bingo card. But <laughs> it was like, it was fun. And Morton and Scorpio ended up winning 
and like they all hugged at the end and Effie and Allie like shook hands with them and like thanked them for what they're doing for wrestling, what they're still doing in wrestling. And like, you could tell that not only were they wrestlers, but they were fans themselves. Like it's, it's just, it's so cool. Like it's just so much fun. That's the thing about professional wrestling. You never know what you're going to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know you're going to go in there. You're going to see a card. You're going to see Brock versus uh, Roman. But you didn't think that you'd see a fucking tractor and, uh, you know, lifting up the ring. You never know what you're going to see in that ring. Yeah. Wrestling is really un- – I mean, obviously, wrestling is predictable. But it's also unpredictable. Like, you could see lots of fun stuff. You can have a fun night going to a wrestling show. Yeah. It's like – um. Like in the case of Forbidden Door, uh, the AEW and New Japan like crossover show, on paper, Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy just sounds like a throwaway thing. Yes. But, wa- sitting there and watching it, I think that honestly was my match of the night. Uh, that and the um the triple threat tag title match, that was, oh, those are I think were the best two matches of that show. I literally thought that uh, Orange Cassidy versus uh, uh, what's the other guy? Will Osprey. Jeez, man, Will you Ospreay. just said it. Yeah, uh, was going to be a piece of shit match. But I'm sitting here and I said, you know, if Orange Cassidy is going to wrestle Will Osprey, he's got to bring it. Like he's a more than capable wrestler. He's just got to bring his A game because a lot of times yeah. he'll sit there and it's kind of relaxed and it's a comedic role. I'm not gonna, he brought his A game, but he brought his A plus 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 game. Like that was that match, as a kid say, was fire. That was a fantastic <laughs> that match was amazing, dude. When I left your house that night, I called my dad to tell him about that match. And he was yeah. like, Oh, I'll have to I'll have to catch it. And I was like, that if it comes out on Blu-ray or DVD, I will buy it and I will make sure you watch it. Like, because my my dad is a is a big Orange Cassidy guy. Really, I, I did not think, think that just, uh, Ralph would be an Orange Cassidy guy. He thinks it's hilarious that he wrestles with his hands in his pockets. Yeah, I think that's where he uh, gets his you know a lot of his uh, fan base from is the guys that are intrigued by stuff like that. Oh yeah, because I remember it was like some episode of Dark or Dark Elevation. I was watching it at my parents' house. And my sister walked in the room and she's like, oh, what are you guys watching? And my dad was like, he wrestles with his hands in his pockets <laughs> and their jeans. How are you going to do that? I don't know. And now, did she, Orange she just like watch out? Did she just like walk out of the room after that? <laughs> she just turned around and left. And then he was like, you're going to miss it. He's going to do the orange punch. And then. I think he was. I honestly think it was Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs before he got like signed and joined Team Taz and everything. Because gotcha. yep. Orange Cassidy just bounced off the ropes, Orange punched him, and then pinned him. That was the entire match. Right. Like, wow. Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> his hands so what were else? in his pockets. <laughs> so, what else you got, Sam? Anything else you want to throw out there? Oh, man. Um, I'm trying to think. Hey, Danhausen has a new shirt. Isn't that surprising? 
uh, AEW has this thing for putting out new shirts like every single week, and it's like oh, one yeah. particular guy. Let me tell you something. I did not fully watch um, AEW. I watched about the first half hour or so uh, tonight because mm-hmm. I, I got home from work, and as I was putting my son on, I, I put it on on the DVR from the beginning. And uh, obviously the segment with um, uh, Undisputed Elite and the Young Bucks and Adam Page and, you know, Adam uh, – um, what the hell is the other guy? Cole Adam basically Cole. said that the young bucks aren't allowed to because they're not going to be physically able. Blah blah blah. So of course, uh, you know, Red Dragon attacked him. Adam Page made the save. So my guess is that uh, it's going to be the young bucks and Adam Page as a team. My guess, and uh, the undisputed wow. elites. Uh, you know, Adam Cole and uh, Fish and O'Reilly as a team as the trios for the trios tournament. Uh, my thing is, uh, I had a problem with Adam Page's jeans. Did I mention this? Earlier? <laughs> yeah, butterflies, butterflies on his jeans. He's supposed to be a tough cowboy. He came off as a butterfly cowboy. Didn't a look cowboy legit to comfortable me. Comfortable with his masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> I was very like, "What the hell is this guy wearing?" Like seriously, he's a. Uh, had me kind of look kind of weird at the TV sometimes, but this time was <laughs> like, what the hell is going on here? With his cowboy shit T-shirt. You <laughs> see that 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 I could deal with. That I could deal with. Uh, yeah, supposed to be a rough and tough cowboy. Yeah, uh, I don't think Stan the Lariat Hanson's wearing butterflies on his jeans, or neither is Terry yeah. Funk. Yeah, <laughs> JBL even. even yeah, the Wall we'll, we'll throw JBL in there too. Yeah. Oh well, I guess Hawk Bradshaw, but. There you go. Whichever. It's all the same, dude. What else did you want to uh, bring up? Uh, we got a few more minutes to, to throw some stuff out there. Oh, man. Uh, oh, I saw that. Um, is it WoW is getting a TV deal come September? Yeah, there. I have that right here in front of me, actually. Now that uh, Because it was something I wanted to bring up. I'm excited to uh, see WoW return. It's been a few years. Um, it looks like it's going to be November 17th. It's going to be on syndication on um, a lot of the CBS affiliates. So okay. keep an eye out for that, folks. I'm looking. Uh, of course, the roster has changed a little bit. I don't think uh, Tessa uh, is no longer with it. Obviously, you know, when they left, I think Thunder Rose was. She can't keep a job, Tessa, nope. not Thunder. Um, so God knows where the hell she's going to end up. I, I mean, it's it's too bad because she is a very, very talented uh, wrestler. I loved her oh, in Impact. Yeah. I thought she was great in Impact. I thought she was great in WoW. AEW does not want to touch her, and neither does WWE. Uh, well, I don't I think, think WWE. Um, Go, ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I said I think she's going to end up in AAA because that's where her husband is. Okay. All right. Um, I think that, yeah, I was thinking that uh, WWE probably because her standards and practices, uh, you know, don't want to touch anything because she had uh, she went on a racial rant a few years back or maybe it was in Japan or something like that a number of years back. And I think it was Japan. Yeah. Hasn't carried over too well. So, yeah, no, that's not the that's not the look. <laughs> yeah. So God knows what's going to happen to her. But I'm looking forward to WoW Superheroes. Uh, it's been an on and off organization since. I'd have to say the early 2000s. Uh, you know, they had a cable deal. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, have- I did check out some YouTube clips of theirs when you mentioned it to me earlier. Um, 
that woman, uh, Holly Dead, I think is yes. how you say it. She used to be Thunder Rosa's uh, tag team partner. Yeah, and she's an MLW. Oh, okay. I think yeah, yep. I'd seen her on there, and it was like, it was her and two other women versus, well, it's all women. It was her and two <laughs> other women versus three, I guess they were billed as sisters, but they all looked like juggalos. Um, so I was like, what, what am I watching? But hey, man, I don't judge juggalos. I watch juggalo championship wrestling from time to time. So the thing with uh, WoW is as is, is enjoyable as it might be, it's very campy. Everybody's got some sort of super gimmick kind of a thing, um, which could be either good or ridiculous. So they've always got some sort of campy uh, gimmick there. Yeah, it kind of felt like a throwback show in a way. Yeah. Uh, I think they've been off the air for like three years or so. So I'm looking forward to the return of WoW. I really want to see it. I kind of missed them because uh, I, I watch the uh, older stuff on YouTube. Anytime they post new stuff, they've been posting a lot of, uh, well, not new, but somewhat newer stuff. There hasn't been an all-women's really organization on cable TV in Years. I mean, I do watch yeah. some stuff on like streaming devices and stuff, but I'm talking like you know, somewhat mainstream. Yeah, I, I guess the last one would have been like Glow or something. Uh, this company was actually started initially in the earlier 2000s from the same guy that started Glow. That's the other thing. Oh wow! Yeah, so he started many different women's organizations over the time. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he started, like, probably ran two or three or maybe even four different women's organizations. I don't know what the hell happens to them all. Maybe he just goes bankrupt or what have you. But I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's neither here nor there. But anyways, Sam, why don't you uh, tell the listeners where they can find Sam Housen? Uh, you can find Sam Housen. Uh, the only social media I'm on is Instagram. You can find me at Dude from the Dark Ride on Instagram. But... I don't use Twitter, so that's about it. All right, everybody. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure you check out the PWZpodcast.com for your late breaking news. There's going to be a bunch of new articles that came up today. Uh, and that's pretty much it. We'll see you tomorrow. Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fulton, The Pro, Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 1, one. Bill Dundee, Super Mix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Wrestling like scary movies? What about science fiction and cult films? Then please visit Shocking Things. You can search for us on your favorite podcatcher. You can also go to anchor.fm slash shocking things for the main hub for the links to episodes and our social media. Now try and enjoy the daylight. Shocking Things. BST presents Mega Clash, August 20th, from the Rapola Center in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Watch newly crowned Monarch champion Evie De La Rosa defend her title against Vita Von Starr. 
A rivalry reignited in the main event. Lucas Chase challenges Dustin Waller in a ladder match for the BST Championship. It all comes to a head one final time. PWC Podcast with Rick Del Santo. For all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independency. PWC, 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 PWC,